It was kind of the, you put that on the back burner because the equation is very simple and I teach my team this. Help more people accomplish all their goals and win, it always reciprocates down to the people that are involved in the transaction. Hmm. So the more clients that we can help win, the better off it's going to be. So we're here with Matt Merritt, husband, father of two, leader of a team in real estate and current member with us for just about two years now, right? We're, we're a little over two years. Uh, and I'm excited to, to have him on the show today and bring you another new type of resource from our podcast stream here from a leader outside of the fitness industry. Uh, but I know I know from conversations in the past, we're going to hit on a, t- on a bunch of a very valuable nuggets of information that can carry over into any industry um, for you, whether you're a leader or someone that's part of an organization, uh, just to maximize your 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 time in those organizations and and what it is that you bring to those teams so matt thanks for joining us uh again uh matt matt is a husband i think that's number one priority for him is his family uh and his kids and and then his team second so i'm gonna hand it over to matt he's gonna share a little bit just a little bit of background about himself Uh, we're gonna dive briefly into you know his his real estate team and his group and then we're going to jump into some talking points that we have set up for you guys just to, uh, you know, peel back his brain and see, see what's behind and what's driving him to lead his team every single day. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. Um, so Central Jersey, born and raised, uh, grew up here in Millstone Township most of my life. Went to all local schools, um, high, middle school, high school, picked up on... Uh, wrestling as my baseline sport and um, was fortunate enough to uh, be a district champ my senior year which was a little late as far as the peak for a college scholarship I was offered an academic scholarship and that was kind of the butterfly effect that threw me into where I am now and when the wrestling coach couldn't extend a academic scholarship any further it was an easy decision to uh, not wrestle for free, but the love of the sport still was there. So started coaching at the rec level here in town, and then that grew into the middle school, both uh, lo- both middle schools locally, and then I was actually the head coach at the high school for, for a season uh, before my family grew, and that took over as priority. So I actually got uh, my real estate license, graduated high school in June, started the course five days later, my birthday's at the end of July. I took the school test and then passed the state test 10 days after my 18th birthday. So wow. right out of the gate, um, the year was 2004. And if you had a pulse and a cell phone, you were making a lot of money with <laughs> absolutely zero skill involved. So at 18 years old, I walked in and said, wow, you know, I could possibly make six figures this year. I was humbled very, very quickly um, when in the first 18 months, I made less than $11,000. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it um, it kind of set the baseline on how to do what I do the right way as a professional versus an amateur and throwing it against the wall. And uh, 2008, as we know, the market crashed and burned. The world came to a screeching halt. And that was kind of when all the amateurs got out of the business. And I figured out how to do it the right way because families and individuals relied on me to come up with plans to get them out of their current homes because they had either just lost their jobs, uh, they were going to lose their homes, their cars, and honestly, the most uh, one of the worst appointments I ever went on, 
they didn't know how they were going to feed their kids the next month. Wow. And it was up to me to build a plan to get them from point A to point B and to do it as the market was sliding because they still had equity in their homes where they could hit the reset button, go into a rental or stay with family until they could get back up on their feet. So that was a that was an eye opener to, you know, what I do is not throwing it against the wall, not putting a sign and a lockbox on and hoping that it sells, you know, the next day, which a lot of our industry, you know, is is based on. Um, fast forward to 2013, the market had started to come back. And uh, at that point, I was doing about 50 transactions a year myself and essentially uh, put myself in the hospital a few times, gave myself <laughs> Bell's palsy, uh, shingles, uh, I thought I was having a heart attack. And um, when my daughter was born at the end of 2013, my wife said, that's it, you need to figure this out. And that's when I started building a team to, uh, to kind of where we are today. So. I've got uh, two little kids. I have a seven-year-old daughter going on seventeen. I have a five-year-old son, and uh, I don't. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble, man. You're in, you're in big trouble. So, uh, you know, my my kids, my wife, my team, you know, and the close group around me is what's what drives me every day. Yeah, I think definitely we definitely share that uh, in common for sure, and I I know that's one of the reasons we're able to have such deep conversations all the time you know it's the the work ethic you can't deny and i know for sure wrestling has a lot to do with that dna and especially early on when in your career when you you said you know you thought you thought what you were going to make and you kind of got humbled and uh that's the way wrestling goes from day one is is you there's very few that that come out of the womb and they're the shining stars in their towns or, or in their surrounding areas. And it, it's a lot of dealing with adversity and, and learning from experience. And me as well, I, I've thrived on on that. Sure. Uh, sometimes to my demise, I, I kind of lean on that a little too much sometimes. But, um, you know, I, I definitely do think that there's strength in that. Sure. And, and seeing the value in that too and understanding like, okay, I may be at the bottom right now, but it, it's a great opportunity for growth. Yeah. And, and to sort of assess, you know. And they say talent can only take you so far. The rest of it is just the work that you put in. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize what that meant in high school, especially in middle school. Forget it. But looking back on it, you know, people are like, do you have any regrets? And I was like, I wish I knew what I knew then and applied it to wrestling. And I wouldn't have skipped that workout or skipped, you know, going an extra rep and, you know, push. Yeah. And to do it in my professional and, and adult life is – it's been a game changer, obviously, for my career, my family, and uh, what, I, what I could do to give back to the community and so on and so forth. So Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, uh, before, we, before we move on, I'm, I'm curious. I'm sure there's others out there, too. I know Move With Merit is, uh, is on a few billboards out there, and yeah. um, I'm just curious, what, how is uh, the affiliation with, your, with Keller Williams, right? And how do you, is that an organization you own? Are you part of them? Like how is, well, how is that set up? So Keller Williams is the largest real estate uh, organization in the world, um, international, multi, every, almost every country. And uh, so it's my third brokerage that I've been at since I started my career. It's gonna be 17 years ago. And what I, why I'm there is because they really set up the tools for me to run my team and give me the systems and models in order to do so at a, at a high efficiency, effective rate to obviously support my clients first and foremost, support me and my team secondly, 
and um, you know it's a win-win and and the sky's the limit you know awesome yeah it sounds familiar to a lot of things that are available in the fitness industry as well with uh, just constructs that you can be a part of whether it's a franchise or an affiliation and we used to be an affiliate with CrossFit and that's one thing that we moved away from CrossFit is the lack of those constructs that were provided for us in terms of you know the support I think having a support, the support and a foundation is paramount, right? And the rest of it is, um, you know, guidance, hand-holding, you know, and then when you get to a certain caliber or level, you can kind of take that off and go, you know, go on your own, but as long as you stay within those rails. But to have an organization that does that, it's been priceless uh, over the last 14, 15 months that we've been with this organization. So Sure. And there's definitely a lot to be said as well about being part of an organization that's proven. Yeah. Um to give you, I don't know if you want to call it peace of mind or confidence or whatever it is. I know one thing we were missing was uh, that feeling of being part of something greater than just the immediate community of motives, right? And we thought that CrossFit was it, and it wound up not being it. And um, you know, since then we've moved on to being part of a, a even better community called Active Life now, uh, and they have filled that void for us or provided that that confidence in the framework and the, and the support that you're talking about. So I definitely can, can speak to that also. I mean, there's so much value in that, you know? And I think, you know, we've touched on it a little bit, you know, when you talk about the market, right. And there's a certain time and place for everything. And if you're not, if you have the blinders on, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be years behind. Right. And I spent 11 years with one company and, and then the growth, my growth was, was exploding at that point. I had just had my kid, which was a huge motivator um, and, and a you know, my number one driver for what I do. And, uh, you know, the support wasn't there, the push wasn't there and, and, you know, I had to find a different arena to play in and you have to evolve. And if you stand still, you're going to be dead in the water or you, you could be perfectly happy if that's how you're wired in your personality. So Sure. Definitely not. <laughs> I definitely not know here. you're not wired to be stagnant. <laughs> Neither am I, man. I, I, uh, I was speaking with Rob on one of our previous podcasts about that. And one, one we were talking about was just uh, having a sense of purpose in every moment that you're in and allowing that to just continue to push you to take another step further and not being complacent, you know? And, yeah. and I think we're going to touch on it, but like one of the things that I've done recently, and it's, I think it's something that's either comes with maturity or experience or both, or maybe even just saying it out loud like I'm about to, but like, if you don't audit your capacity at some point or multiple times throughout a year or even monthly or weekly or however you're wired, like you can realize how much you're leaving on the table. And that's what I realized, especially in the last five years is like, I know I can go higher. I know I can go bigger, you know? And maybe there is a cap where I say, hey, it, bigger isn't always better, right? Sure. But efficiencies and, and changing people's lives, you know, I might get to a point where, you know, we're happy doing 250 transactions a year because that's the sweet spot to be the most impactful within the real estate community and our jobs and my team. So, um, but when you audit your capacity, I, I think it's something that a lot of people don't do. And it took me a while to realize, holy cow, there's, you know, there's more in the tank. So. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And I think that reminds me something I was taught in the wrestling world was, I forget exactly what it was, but it was along the lines of the man in the mirror uh, and that being your biggest enemy, 
uh, or your biggest driving force if you allow it yeah. and, to and do and so. I think when you, when you can get to that point, like I'm my worst enemy. Nobody else is stopping me. If I want to do something, I set a goal, I set a plan, and you, you execute. And sometimes you get punched in the head <laughs> and fall down, but you got to get back up. Yeah. So, but I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. But before we jump out of this, I just, I'm curious too, I guess this will kind of lead us into the next sequence of our conversation here. But uh, how, I know that you were very young in the game uh, in terms of knowing at a young age, like I'm going into real estate, but was it always your goal to be a team leader as you are now? Or is that something that kind of evolved with time or as you continued to put into practice that strategy of auditing your time or assessing where you were at? So when I got into the business in 04, teams really didn't exist. It, it was kind of, it was non-existent. And then the market crashed in 08. And as we were coming out of that, what happened was between 08 and 13, the, the market change, our, our market changed with technology. Everything went to the internet. You could be shopping for a home on Easter Sunday in your pajamas at two in the morning. And there was an expected response from the consumer. And I saw the business going that way. And my daughter was born at the end of 2013. And that year I did 50 transactions myself. I was in the office until two in the morning doing paperwork. My wife was working at that point. And after she was born, you know, we had to audit that and say, well, this, this is just not going to work. You know, when we were, had zero responsibility other than ourselves, it was one thing. But, um, and then I hired my first assistant who's still with me to this, to that, this day, uh, so for seven years now. And she run, she's my director of operations at this point. She runs a team of 13, including myself and her. Um, and what we did is we started leveraging it. And that same year, I did another 50 transactions and I was home and I had some freedoms and I had the ability to be a father and a husband and, and really have that work-life balance. And, um, you know, that, that's where the team really steps up and steps in to, to be able to help more people while being a normal human being, if you will. Sure. Call it normal. Yeah, so. it definitely, to me, sounds like a, a maturity thing or it came with time realizing like, all right, I can... Like Matt, me, I can do X. I could do however 50 transactions a year. But if I really want to have the greatest impact, I, I need to step aside right. from myself per se, right? And do something that I may not be necessarily good at or I feel uh, some type of way about. Like I know for us, in terms of us trying to scale and grow our team, it's really hard for me, right? Because when you, when you only know doing it yourself from day one, there's a lot of growing pains in stepping aside and, and trying to teach someone and feeling like, okay, I'm maybe I'm letting our consumers down, right? Because I'm not in front of every single class like I used to be. Right. Um, but that that's not true, right. right? That's just, I think that's where you become your own enemy. And it's like, all right, you need to, I need to double down on who, on my team and invest in them so that there is no difference in, right. in delivery, it's you know? It's consistent across the board and, you know, I've, I've, a lot of people get into real estate because they think it's going to be quick money. But hands down, you talk to 99% of the industry, that's the way it is. And like I said in the beginning, you know, in 04, I got into it and saw that. And I was like blown away. And I got into the business, honestly, to make money, right? Have a lifestyle, build a family eventually. But I, what I realized when that collapse happened in 08, it was, the, it was kind of the, you put that on the back burner because the equation is very simple. And I teach my team this. 
help more people accomplish all their goals and win, it always reciprocates down to the people that are involved in a transaction. Mm. So the more clients that we can help win, the better off it's going to be. And the same thing goes for, you know, this industry here. Is, sure. I mean, you help one or two people in a household win, that changes their whole entire lives. And then they tell somebody and they tell somebody. And my business is, is mostly referral at this point. It's repeat customers. It's because they had an amazing experience and I changed their lives. And you know, one of the worst parts about my job is cleaning up the messes and going into a situation where somebody did it because, a realtor did it because they wanted to make money, but it was really ultimately the wrong thing for the client at that time. Right. And that's probably one of the hardest parts about my job, so. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely an area that I, like our, one of our goals is to avoid that, right? And only, you know, knowing when it's the appropriate to sell someone something I think is a super mature next level thing, right? It's when we were early on in the industry, it's like, oh, let's open, like, let's get everyone in here. We've come to realize that we need to get the right people in here that need what we sure. can deliver for them. And we're not for everyone right. and not in a bad way, but there's certain things that we don't offer that other gyms offer. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going right. to tell you straight up and I want to help you get to that place or that other type of gym that can help you, you know? And I think that's what the, that's the long term game, right? It's not, there's the short sightedness, which is quick, easy, hundred thousand people into the gym and you know, we're going to make a ton of money, but in, I, I, I've the quality over quantity. And I always say it's one of one of my lines when I talk to a prospective buyer. I don't care if this takes two weeks, two months, or two years. You have to do it on your terms. You have to be comfortable. It has to be the right timing. You know, there's times where I might kick you in the rear end and say this is definitely where you should be heading or looking. Right. Um, but it, it comes from it actually being the right thing to do. Right. And and that's huge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that. Oh, there's a ton of nuggets in there. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this and and, uh, and take some notes. Um, yeah, I know definitely. Uh, you know, just now hearing your story about your team and the evolution of your team, uh, it's really encouraging to hear. For me, as I said, we're in the process or in the very infancy stages of us growing our team from just Tommy and I uh, for many years and. You know, now you have 13 members on your team. Is that correct? Yeah, there's and, 13 of us total. And how many years total? We started the team in 2014, so this will be our seventh, seventh full year. Wow, and 13 full time. No, 13. We have do we do have part timers, um, and that was an interesting evolution too. We actually started with part timers, and and I realized that that was there was pros and cons to that, and you've got to be wired a certain way or have, you know, some of my part, most of my part-timers have first jobs, hmm. but some of them also have the flexibility where they have three or four days off at a time, police officer, firefighter, uh, those type of people. And that opens up opportunity for them to grow their business and fall back on me and my, the, the full-time team in the office when they're doing their nine to five. Um, and it's really not nine to five with either of those professions, but, right. um, it became a win-win, right? They were helping somebody that they knew. They were increasing the income in their family, and I, you know, we have part-time people on our team that are making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. That's life-changing. Sure. To add to a, you know, an income, or it allows them to stay home, their wife to stay home with their family because that was important to them. So, I've used it as a vehicle that way too. Um, there's about six, seven of us that are full-time. 
uh, in the office, uh, you know, full, full-time basis. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, uh, some of them, I mean, I know just to speak or tie it back into the gym a little bit here, uh, you know, even there's even members of your team that you're trying that you're starting to push into the gym now with Kim and Vince. And, uh, I think there's a, there's a huge, huge benefit for you bringing this vehicle of fitness and, and the value it brings to your life into your team dynamic. Uh, so I'm just, I'm interested to hear a little bit as to, you know, your insight into that or how you feel that's going to have, or could have tremendous upside for those two specifically, but even the rest of your team, uh, in the long run. I mean, I think it's fitness is a, is paramount to everybody. I mean, if you have the capacity, right. If you're not disabled or, or even if you are, I mean, we've seen some amazing athletes on a wrestling mat with major disabilities that have done well, but back in 2013, um, found out my wife was pregnant with my daughter again, back to family. I don't know. Everything result reverts back to that. But um, that was in uh, March of 13, and at that point we had just bought a new home. We were buying a new home. So huge wave of life events happening at once, and I said, you know what, what's this thing called CrossFit? And I said, okay, let me try it. I had been sitting on the bench, not really active, maybe working out in the basement once or twice a month. You know, tried workout world, that wasn't for me. And um, I, uh, I went and tried it and got my butt kicked because I was so out of shape the first time. And that year, actually, I doubled my income. And wow. I, I believe fitness was a huge piece of that. And it just set my head up right. I'm a big six, 5 or 6 a.m. person, as you know. And I'm rip-roaring for the day. And I'm, I can run through brick walls, you know, probably figuratively and physically, <laughs> you know, after a workout. Especially today's know. workout. Yeah, right? <laughs> So it's, uh, I think fitness is huge. And, and I tell my team that story because when your head's right, it, it reciprocates, you know, or your fitness is right. It, re- it goes through to your head, to your body, to the way that you interact with people, your work ethic, you know, make that one more call because you pushed yourself this morning at the gym. Sure. So we've started dragging everybody in and I'm a big promoter of it. Some of our other team members do other types of fitness, which as long as you're moving and getting yourself going i'm i'm happy with it from yeah. a business standpoint absolutely and personal yeah and, and um you know just speaking on vince and and kim who have started here i know that there's also there has to be a social di- component to it as well i mean how many how many companies uh, you're more or less their boss or their team leader right and yep. it's like how how often do you get to be in a a non-professional setting with your boss yep. and I argue this is like one of the purest settings that you see a human being act uh, and interact with other people. It's yeah. super raw and it's, and you know, it's bare bones. Uh, so to be side by side with your team members, you can't put a price tag on that, that variable as well. I think, you know, and it shows vulnerability to, for everybody, myself sure. included, like, holy cow, he's not, the Superman boss, like he actually really sucked this morning at working out, and he only got ten reps instead of the twelve, and I beat him. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we've had those conversations <laughs> once everybody gets into the office, and I laugh, and I'm actually like proud of, you know, that they, yeah, you beat me by two reps because you didn't do that a month ago or sure. two weeks ago. So you know, it's 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 a huge camaraderie, and it's just positive. There's no other way to put it. So that's awesome. Um, I, I definitely. 
you know, there's, I know we, you and I discussed prior to, to hit and record here. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your dream state and, and what the dream state of, of Matt Merritt looks like. And, um, you know, I know we, we, we touched a lot on, on your road to where you are right now, uh, both as a, as a family man and professionally, uh, and with us here at the gym, but like, where do you see the current avatar of yourself uh, in the perfect dream state per se? Uh, and it could be professionally, uh, however, however you want to answer that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's talking about pro- professionally, the biggest thing right now is, is my team is the most important thing. Seeing them successful is huge. For myself, it's a work-life balance. On a personal level, it's being present. Um, you know, one of the things going into 2020, you know, changing companies, moving to KW, having these systems and models, our whole dynamic changed at work, and that opened up. And I spent more time with my family last year, not not specifically because of a pandemic, but because of the systems and models we put in place. And it was a real eye opener. And I went from survival mode, which a lot of people were in or and have been into this year is all about thriving, right? It's making sure the business is healthy, making sure I'm healthy. You know, I've, I've really audited what I was doing well or poorly or how many times I was showing up a week or how many times I wasn't showing up a week. And I think if you can get yourself right first and foremost, it, res- it, it sends ripples through everything you do. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, aligning myself. And, and I did this. I, I've, I've probably done this. I had two drinks before I was 21. Uh, never drank in high school. Both drinks happened within three months of my 21st birthday because I bought <laughs> my first investment property uh, to celebrate. One of those was an enjoyable experience. The other was not. Um, so, you know, I was, I've always been big on auditing my circle, who I'm around. Um, kind of sounds weird, but I'm okay not having 150 friends. It's it's great. I like a lot of people. I have a, great, a lot of acquaintances. But, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people and, you know, if you're a good husband, father, you know, business owner, doing the right things ethically, morally, legally, um, you know, that's the kind of arena that I want to play in. And also people who are looking to grow, you sure. know, and some people, and I'm learning from the people who are already at the top. So, yeah, that's definitely, I definitely align with you on that, man. I, that's one of the reasons I, you know, wanted to bring you on the show too, is you're definitely someone I, I am already learning from just from the past few minutes of us talking, but, um, you know, we we share so many values in that sense as well with family and and our health and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I know you know you touched on a little bit professionally, but I, I'm going to do a little auditing for you here okay. uh, as we go. But uh, what do you think? So you know if if the dream state were come to were to come true, right, and you were to become that person you want to be, like what what would you say would be the number one obstacle right now that's holding you back from you know, achieving that, that perfect version of yourself per se? Um, you know, listen, we're work. I'm, I'm a big planner. I'm OCD. I'm very type A, like we're working the plan and every day, week, month, it's getting closer to that either by leveraging out, a, you know, leveraging out work to the team, um, or just saying no sometimes like, no, I can't, you know, I can't go out after work because you guys want to have another, you know, you want to celebrate Cinco de Mayo today, right? right? It's, I'm going home to hang out with the family and I'm going to bed early because I got a bunch of stuff to do tomorrow or I want to be in the gym at six. You know, I think you, 
you just got to be conscious of the little things because a lot of little things add up to a, a big result. And that's what I learned pretty early on. But it's just like it's like throwing a rock in a pond. It, it goes. Those oh, yeah. ripples. And if you get into a bad habit, and I've been there, you know, I've gone down rabbit holes and, you know, you got you to gotta audit yourself and pull yourself out of it and get back on a plan. And sometimes you gotta you gotta be vulnerable and say, hey, I need help, you know, from coach here or you know mentor at work or your best friend or your parents or whatever it might be. So. Sure, yeah, that's uh, for for all the Rutgers wrestling fans. That's huge. Coach Goodell loves talking about doing the little things right, yeah. and it's so true. Um, I don't I don't know if enough people put a ton of stock in the value of all of those little things adding up every single day you I mean, know you, you can't be a national champion by going to one practice right right it's it's years and years and thousands and thousands and thousands of reps yeah yeah and yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna lose 10 pounds by changing your diet for seven days no. and you know it doesn't work like that and not the right way at least no it's consistency right <laughs> yeah. um and i know one other thing i remember we were talking about too was just the a little bit of a struggle and this is definitely one of mine big time my wife can vouch for this but uh it's that it's that quality of patience right and and knowing like what what you mentioned about okay we're living out or we're we're executing the the plan to get there it's just being patient and trusting like that we're on the right path you know and patience is like a um, gary vaynerchuk taught me this probably 2010 2011, if you go reference some of his videos, he talks about patience. And it's like, no, you're not going to be a millionaire at 23 years old. You know, you're not going to be Instagram famous and all this stuff. But, like, you keep plowing away day after day after day. Like, this is your second or third podcast. Like, after you have 500 of them, maybe that's the one that hits. And, boom, it blows up into whatever your dream is. But um, patience is definitely not a strong suit. But I've learn to harness it because I know if I wait and I'm strategic, it opens up door doors will open that I can strike on because now I'm prepared for it. Sure. So, yeah, that's interesting. Actually, an interesting way to, to think about that, that I never have. It's like uh, when you're patient and you allow things to just run their due course or grow, whatever you want to call it, it almost puts you in a better leverage position to make a choice now it's like no i'm in control now i can make the choice I'm- right and in the last you know five years like i've done things on my terms right mostly you know and and i mentioned before i moved my team last january two january's ago and it was 100 percent on my terms mm. this time because i strategically set it up i was patient it took six months to orchestrate and then i pulled the trigger and right. it was flawless um and i couldn't couldn't have asked for more and it catapulted us forward in the business world and opened up all these other opportunities on the personal work-life balance, et cetera. So. Sure. Yeah, I know definitely, I mean, it sounds like you're on the path to your dream state, right? And it's, uh, what are like what are some ways, because one thing I just heard you mention was on your terms, right? How, how do you, or how have you strategically set up those lanes for yourself or those bound bumpers for yourself to make sure that you're continuing to stay patient and or uh, not getting stagnant with you know where you've progressed yourself and the and the team to now to make sure um, that you're continuing to audit or stay patient or however it is that's bringing you success. I mean, I think discipline is a big part of it, right? If you if you do those little things consistently, 
it's going to equal something big or when that opportunity shows up. But mm. I think you got to audit it and you actually have to be real. Like get off. It sounds weird. Like the Instagram famous and Facebook famous, like these guys are not what they're saying they are. Like don't get your head in the clouds. Like you, you literally have to put the work in, you know, related back to wrestling. Like you need to lose 10 pounds before a match. You're putting the suit on. You're going running. Yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You <laughs> get away from it. There's no magic pill. There's no sauna. You're going out and doing the work to yep. get it done. And I think that that's something that's, um, you know, it, it it resonates through life. And when you, you know, and there's times you get hit in the head and you're like, oh, that didn't work how I wanted. So you got to take a step back, reevaluate, and then figure out a different, you know, strategy to, to try to get towards the goal. Yeah, I think... Uh when you're at the bottom, right? There's two. You have. You really have two choices. <laughs> you can feel sorry and and stay there, or yeah. you can understand, be real with yourself, see where you are, and say, "All right, like, here's what I'm gonna do to to try to move forward." Sure. And if that fails, do it again. Like yeah. it's it's a cyclical process, uh, feedback loop type of feel where you're just constantly trying to progress, and if it's not working. Find something else, find right. something else, you know? And listen, I, you know, there's a lot of, some of the entrepreneurs, the highly successful and influential ones that I do follow, because my education is not deep, right? I'm, I'm great at what I do, all in on the real estate, but I started watching these entrepreneurs probably in 2010, like a Gary Vaynerchuk, an Ed Milet, a Andy Frisella, you know, these top guys that are running $100 million companies plus. And what are they doing? What do they do on a daily basis? And you watch those trends, and not that they're a Bible by any by any means, but they're doing something right. So sometimes you got to chase the leader and try to follow that path and whatever you're doing. But from a mindset standpoint, you know, sitting on the ground and, and crying about it's not going to get you where you need to be. No, so. <laughs> no way. Um, I got two more questions for you. One. Uh, is a little bit more evolution on what we've been talking about. But what are, if you had to say there's one thing you're going to double down on in the next year, um, what is that? Like, how do you, I guess in the same frame of, of still progressing towards your dream state, like, what's one thing you want to double down on? Uh, because you know that that's a, that's a huge kickboard for you right. going forward. It's kind of a loaded question, even though I read it before this. Right? <laughs> it's, I've changed my answer. I don't know that you got to double down. I think you just got to set the goal and the plan and change those little things to go in the direction you want. If I am going to double down, it's it's the me, right? It's on me, my personal, my fitness, my health, my diet, my exercise, uh, my relationships. I would say that's the double down, but it's not going to be a flick of the switch and that's going to happen. So you got to set that plan up and, and that's something I'm really concentrating in 2021 is like me, family, the closest people and making sure that that's great. And then my, obviously my team, which we talked about. Already, sure. So. Sure. No, I think that's awesome. I know like one, one thing that drives me, especially as a leader and, and a coach is there's, there's so much being asked of you on a daily basis when you're leading a team or leading a group through a workout whatever it may be. Sometimes and sometimes leading your family, leading your family, like that draws so much energy out of you. Right. And you have to pour so much if you're doing it or maximizing your, your talents that you have, but that doesn't, it's not like a endless water faucet. Right. 
that you turn on and you just have endless amounts, boundless amounts of energy and, and, and passion on a daily basis, sure. you have to fill up your gas tank yeah. and you have to fill up uh, whatever analogy you want to use, but you have to fill yourself up first and foremost in order for you to continue to, to double down or pour into the things that are helping the most people that you could possibly help. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so big. Um, all right. Uh, lastly, I just want to finish up because I know I love I love listening to podcasts and consuming content. So I'm I'm interested just to hear. I know we talked a little bit about Gary V and uh, Andy Frisella, but I guess just drop name drop a couple of of people right now that have I know I know they've influenced you in the past, but how about right now? Like what are what are some relevant influencers or or people that you are kind of trying to mirror or or uh, consume from? I think one of the things that I've done. Well, you know, I name dropped, you know, you have Gary Vee, you've got um, and Andy Frisella and Ed Milet, Um, You know, and, and, and I look at all three of those. They talk about work-life balance. They talk about personal. Plus, they've got major businesses, businesses that are influential in all kinds of spaces. But um, I think you also got to audit, you know, on the ground level, too. You know, you could use those as the rabbit ahead of you. But, you know, having the support system, you know, my father's a big influencer. My wife is a huge support system and, and influencer. You know, that's part of the team, you know, to, to move forward. And if you don't have that or you have a, a poorly constructed personal, you know, circle around you, it's you're, you're fighting against the, the current, I think, at times. So you could chase you could chase these big names all day long. Um, but I think you got to audit your circle and, yeah. and, and really just surround yourself with like minded people. And nobody's perfect, but I've done, I think what I've done well, I take a little bit of each one of those people, even the ones closest to me, my friend, I mean, you and I, I've learned a ton from you just in, what, dozen, couple dozen conversations we've had over the years where, you know, I'm like, I didn't think about it that way. Maybe I should look at it that way. And that changes, that could change a whole trajectory of where you're going that day, week or month. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's your tribe, man. Yeah, that's when you're the the people that are closest to you, your family, your your kids, your wife, your immediate family. Like when you're trying to fill yourself up or you know lead them as well. Like you need that. I yeah. think it's super important. Well, Matt, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Um, I I, I got to listen to this episode like three times to take some notes. Um, but hopefully we could jam on this again in the future. Sure. I hope I hope everyone out there uh, got a ton of information from Matt. Uh, be sure to uh to to uh check in with matt in class when you see him give him some feedback give us some feedback and also continue to uh just ask us questions like give us some ideas as we continue to unfold our podcast um and and just try to deliver practical stuff for you guys and make sure that we're not just talking aimlessly uh on a weekly basis here you got anything else matt no this was awesome awesome man thank you thank you